All right, bubble boy. Let's just play. Who invaded Spain in the 8th century? That's a joke. The Moors. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. It's the Moops. The correct answer is the Moops. Moops? Let me see that. That's not Moops, you jerk. It's Moors. It's a misprint. I'm sorry. The card says Moops. It's Moors. There's no Moops. It's Moops. Moors. Moops. Moors. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Told you, Stephen. It's Moops. Moors. Moops. Moors. Moops. There's no Moops. <laughs> you know, it's actually a, a real Trivial Pursuit um, misspelling. Yeah, that was the inspiration for the episode. Yeah, it was founded by one of the writers. Or found by one of the writers. Yeah. I wonder if he got into an argument with a boy in a bubble. Oh, uh, probably. <laughs> the whole episode was just a, a, a real-life uh, situation. Yeah. I thought it was more like an igloo. Yeah. No, it's clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. An igloo. You live yeah. in an igloo. I know. Oh, Eskimos. It's true. That's <laughs> true. They're called Inuits. Oh, man. I'm battling this cold. <laughs> I'm struggling to talk. Yeah, I feel a bit tired. Oh, man. Welcome to... Yeah, sorry. If I sound a bit flat, listeners, I do apologize. Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This is a Seinfeld podcast where we talk about the secondary characters from one of our favorite shows, if not our favorite show of all time, Seinfeld. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we're recording from Melbourne in Australia as we have the last 65 times. This is our 66th episode. I told you last week, Stephen, I couldn't be bothered counting anymore, but I thought, you know what, let's count. I'll count okay. this time. So it's like, yeah, this is our 66th, because I remember you said it was our 65th yep. episode yesterday. Oh, mm. last week, the Mickey Abbott episode. So anyway, we're here this week. We're talking about The Bubble Boy from Season 4. This is going to be a two-parter going across two weeks. So we're talking about The Bubble Boy this week. And next week, we thought we'll do The Cheever Letters. Because we, well, especially me, like I felt that The Bubble Boy and The Cheever Letters, in a sense, Stephen, was like a two-part episode. Yeah, I mean, they're not uh, officially two-parters like The Pilot or The Trip. But uh, they definitely, uh, do- well, the Bubble Boy definitely dovetails into uh, the Cheever letters, so it makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, you know, finding the letters from, from Mr. Cheever himself. Yeah, it's not <laughs> one big story cut in two, but no. they directly flow on from each other, so. Yeah, yeah. so we thought, why not? We'll yep. do that over two weeks. So, like I said, this week is the Bubble Boy. You can shoot us an email if you like, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com, and we are on social media, bidwabask.com. That's our website, but yeah. we are on social media at Bidwabask. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes. And we are on Patreon as well. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask. Web 1.0. Web 1.0. Yep. We have a website, geocities.com forward slash Bidwabask. <laughs> I, um, I stole some of the coding from the Space Jam website. Oh, nice. Which, as most people know, is still there. Still exists. And yeah. Yeah, we have a MySpace page as well. <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh, that's a bit too bit too modern for us. Yeah, I know. We put yeah. up a couple of songs on there, so yeah. let us yeah. listen. And if, you want, if you want to be in our top eight, get in touch with us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but if, uh, Tom is always my number one. Yeah, he's always everyone's number one. Legend. I saw a tweet once from Tom. It was a screenshot of a tweet. Uh, someone tweeted at him saying, yeah. you know, you invented MySpace and then you became a nothing. <laughs> like, you know, you fucking loser. And oh, Tom, and some, like, it was really harsh. Savage. And Tom's reply was just like the best thing I've ever read. He goes, 
I invented MySpace and sold it for $550 million. Now I'm retired at 43 and I travel the world with my family while you're just looking forward to your next public holiday off while you work your shitty job. Something like that. Like well, that, that guy deserves it, though. Not, not Tom. I Tom. mean, he's the troll. Yeah. 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 He deserves no. it. Fuck yeah. Him. yeah. Yeah. They both were pretty brutal, but it's, yeah. it's just a good exchange. <laughs> nice. Sets him on fire and watches Let, him burn. Let's put that in the show notes. Now, yeah. <laughs> a link to that. <laughs> a link to that. Yeah. I don't know how it relates to Seinfeld, but nonetheless. That's right. And uh, before we get into Seinfeld news, if you want to listen to us uh, again, because you're listening to us now. Yeah. So I always feel weird saying, if you want to listen to us, because people are already listening to us. Well, if you want to listen to previous episodes. That's true. Or whatever. Yeah. We are uh, basically anywhere you get your podcast. So Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, if you have a podcast machine, type Seinfeld in yeah. or secondary character and uh, we'll come up. And if you want to leave us a review um, or rate us, that would be amazing. It really helps our visibility and it really helps spread the word. And we yeah, we like reading nice things. Oh, we do. We love it. And I forgot to mention this last week, but on my other podcast in Melbourne last week, my interview podcast, I actually chatted with one of our uh, super fans, uh, Jeffrey Fishbuck. He uh, he does a Star Wars podcast called the Canto Cast. I believe their new the next episode, their fortieth episode, is coming up uh, this weekend. I believe from what I've read, it's a Star Wars podcast. So uh, Jeffrey, I interviewed him and we talked about Star Wars and Seinfeld as well. Uh, so you can jump on my other podcast. It's in Melbourne last week with myself, Ivan Pijoni. So I forgot to mention it last week. Sorry, Jeff, because Jeff was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll talk about Bibble Bask on my podcast." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do. I'll talk about you on mine." But I didn't. A mutual Oops. plugging. Yeah. Basically. Basically, but I forgot to plug. So oh, well. this week, uh, this week's my plug. Oh well, it's probably better because this episode's coming out this weekend. So yeah, it's fortieth. So congratulations. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good effort. Yeah, I remember when we got to forty. Not specifically, but every every fifth and tenth episode feels like a thing. Yeah, because so, it's what's the deal? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But just more, you know, personally. Indeed. Yep. All right, Seinfeld news. So this week on Seinfeld News, I think it's the first one in a while that doesn't directly involve Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, goodness. So to start the week, uh, through the week, Entertainment Weekly reported uh, last Wednesday, actually, uh, that a new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, being the show after Seinfeld that Seinfeld co-creator Larry David created. Yes. Yep. Uh, I hope you get royalties for that theme song. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> so in the article, they talked about the next season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it will be out, quote, when David feels ready. Okay. So 50 years. Probably. <laughs> I mean, we know how long it took him to release season seven. Yeah. I eight? think it was I think it was eight. No, was it wasn't it nine? It might have been nine. What, whatever the latest season yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a long time between the last between season drinks. of the original run and mm. uh, this last season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently he's working on the next season and uh, naturally we'll update you as more information comes out excellent uh, this is my easily my favourite news of the week so through the week Jason Alexander uh, appeared on Full Frontal not Full Frontal the Australian <laughs> skit show oh that's Full Frontal with Samantha B. Yeah, yeah that's right um, did you see this through the week no I didn't okay uh, so uh, Samantha B's show, uh, yeah, Full Frontal with Samantha B is kind of like a political satire. Yeah, like show. in the same vein as like John Stewart, yeah, and Trevor yeah. Noah. She just makes all those fun things. and yeah. you know it's political news with a with a humorous bent. Mm. Um, it's actually pretty good. Um, uh, on last week's episode, uh, Jason Alexander appeared in a skit called. <laughs> Comedian, it's a it's a piss take of comedians in cars getting coffee. Yeah, it was called uh, comedians with dissidents in cars getting coffee. <laughs> so the bit started with uh, with a comedians in cars send up. Um, 
and and everything's sort of parodied the shots the style the music yeah the narration everything all the editing sure sure and the reason it's called <laughs> comedians with dissidents in cars getting coffee is that it also features a uh uh she's a russian journalist and lgbtqi activist ah her name's uh masha green masha green she one of the girls from pussy riot or no no <laughs> she probably knows them yeah so probably. she's so she's basically a queer activist and she's a writer for the New Yorker and she was very anti-Russian and uh, I think she left Russia maybe oh, four or five years ago. I don't blame her. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So They don't uh, like their uh no, they don't LGBTs, like do they? No, and Russia? they don't like and they don't like their LGBTQIA people who are very pro, uh, sorry, very anti-Putin. Yeah, in in public. Mm. So uh, she has a very long and colourful career, and she's actually really cool. So she writes for the New Yorker, and uh, her stuff's pretty sweet. But nice. um, nice. Uh, because this show is of polit- of a political nature, obviously yeah. Samantha Bee and her sort of you know talked about the current Russia America everything that's happening um, from her point of view yeah um, and then about halfway through Alexander turns up and then the show turns into <laughs> actors in trucks towing comedians with dissidents in cars getting coffee oh man so Jason so it Alexander- became like a parody of a parody yeah yeah, yeah essentially uh, yeah. yeah Inception parody nice comedians in Inception getting coffee that's going in the show notes yeah for sure it's, it's yeah. a really good skit it goes for about six minutes yeah see. and uh, so uh, um, Jason turns up about halfway through because their car breaks down and then he's towing them around and then their truck and then the truck breaks down and then he's in the back of the car and then they have a three-way discussion about Russia and Vladimir Putin and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. But I just love the uh, actors in trucks towing comedians with dissidents in cars <laughs> getting coffee. Really, really that, good. That's a show I'd watch. Yeah, 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 for sure. Just for the name. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know how many people you could actually have on the show because there wouldn't be many people that would like line up to make that title a real thing you know? I'm sure yeah. something will be done yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe this will be Jason Alexander's revival yeah. maybe this is the one you know him and Michael are the last of the, the core four mm. to try and salvage their career back so That's I think true. Jason that that would that would bring him into the stratosphere I think it's true mm. yeah just uh, riding on Jerry's coattails again oh well <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> YOLO. Yep. So, in a bit of a follow-up to news we reported about a month ago, uh, it was covered widely uh, that McDonald's would start selling muffin tops. That's in right. Muffins. And I actually thought they were the English muffins. Yeah, you but did. But then you meant literal muffin tops. I had it's to like, explain wow. it to you. Yeah, like, no, no, muffin yeah, tops. Yeah, I remember. You, you were so unimpressed when I was reporting oh, on it. And I you know. Were like, oh yeah. Okay. I was cool, like, well, you, sell, you sell like half an English muffin. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's just normal. <laughs> but it's a literal muffin. That's yeah. And you were see. like, oh, muffin tops. Oh, muffin like, tops. Why would I include a new breakfast menu, a breakfast option on McDonald's yeah. menu unless it was Seinfeld related? <laughs> of course. Yeah. I don't know. McDonald's Any- have a new burger. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> yeah. They have a big salad. <laughs> they do. That'd be awesome if they did. <laughs> they would never be sick. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so through the week, the first stores uh, in the Baltimore area started selling them. So it's just a bit of a test run. Nice. To see how they go. And you can actually jump on their website. So we'll put the link in the show notes as usual. Oh, cool. If you want to have a look at what they look like, uh, they just they look like a muffin top. Oh, let's they have just, a look. Yeah. McDonald's muffin tops. It's called the... blue muffin top. It's called the blueberry muffin topper. Uh, and there's no prices, uh, but you can uh, see the nutritional information for it. Oh, here they are. Yeah. Oh, I can see them. Mm. Oh, wow. Yep. Muffin so there toppers. Go. There you go. Yep. Blueberry muffin topper. And you can get one with a coffee. Fabulous. Yep. There you go. Ooh. So hopefully they're available they uh, to nice. a wider audience soon. They look really nice. Probably can't eat them, but um, I'll I'll smell them. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll enjoy them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> That uh, looks pretty 
And to finish off uh, Seinfeld news, not news per se, but newsworthy. Yeah. Uh, today, while doing a bit of research for Seinfeld news, I discovered a website called SeinfeldLaw.com. <laughs> so what it is, it's a blog run by a group of 30 law students, and they look at scenarios in the show, so various scenes or various storylines, and how they intersect with basically legal reality in America. Uh, there's about 30 posts so far. They post on average about once a week. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's three times a week and then it'll be once every three weeks. Uh-huh. But it seems to be, they've been posting since about February and they've gotten to about 30 posts. So it's pretty regular. Um, and they'll basically take uh, a situation or a storyline or an episode arc and put it in the context of real life law to see whether it holds up. So they won't mash, mash it with law and order? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. So they're basically a bunch of law nerds, law students who are, you know, sort of... Uh, you know, discussing the realities of of the of you know the the legal situations or the potential legal situations in Seinfeld. It's really good. See, it, Do you I, have any I, examples? Or I was going to read out a um, an entry, but they're you know they're like a thousand words each. They're huh. really long. They're really in depth. But if you just go to SeinfeldLaw.com, you can read through a whole bunch of stuff. It's really good. Ah, cool. Uh, and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, Steve. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Bubble Boy from season four. That's right, the first time this season, I believe, we're uh, going back to season four. Let's do season eight. Let's just change halfway through the show <laughs> yeah. and do season eight. Season we eight we haven't done season eight in two weeks. No, I know. Let's do season eight for season four. Oh, confused as hell. <laughs> this is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, and we'll be right back. You're looking for a brand new podcast with some interesting guests? Well, you found it. Listen to In Melbourne last week with me, Ivan Pugioni. I talk to a different guest every week about their occupation, their hobby, their love for something, whatever it may be. Always interesting, so be sure to subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Podbean. So be sure to get in touch and listen to some really cool people on a really cool podcast. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Today we are talking about The Bubble Boy, and this is part of a two-episode special for But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Yeah. Uh, next week we're doing The Cheever Letters. That's right. This is Season 4, Episode 7, I believe, and The Cheever Letters is Episode 8 of Season 4. That's right. I think this is the first time we've done back-to-back episodes. We've always picked them at random, but this is yeah. uh, the first time we've decided to do two uh, in a row. Yeah, but like I mentioned, I mean, the story kind of goes into The Cheever Letters as well. You know, like the actual... Cheever letters comes from the cabin burning down and the bubble boy. Yeah. That's why we felt it kind of made sense just to do both of them, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I know there's different characters in each episode, but, you know, yep. why not? But we'll talk about the Cheever letters next week. Why mm. don't you take us through the bubble boy? Indeed. Uh, episode synopsis of the bubble boy. First aired in the US October 7, 1992. Directed by Tom Sharones. Written by Larry Charles and Larry David. Uh, everyone in the core four, except Kramer, Jerry's girlfriend Naomi, <laughs> Sound like Peter Griffin. It did. <laughs> Played by uh, Jessica Lundy and Susan, plan to travel upstate to Susan's family lakeside cabin. After Jerry accidentally plays back a voicemail message from George mocking Naomi's Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer laugh in front of her, she storms out of the apartment. At Monk's, a kindly man named Mel, played by Brian Doyle Murray, tells Jerry and Elaine about his son, Donald, voiced by John Heyman, who has an immune deficiency and has to live in a bubble. And I was telling you, Stephen, on the way over, he isn't the only Donald in a bubble. That's true. <laughs> that was a good little sting. Yes. Take like that. that. Take that. Very sharp. Yes. Uh, Mel convinces Jerry to go visit them on the way to the cabin as Donald is a fan of Jerry's stand-up comedy. Jerry's great guy. Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, wrong Donald. Um, on the trip, George accelerates. Tremendous. <laughs> tremendous. Jerry's tremendous. It's going to be great. He makes comedy great again. It's going to be billions and billions and billions of people laugh at Jerry's comedy. Yes. Yep. 
but he doesn't get as many people at his shows as I did at my inauguration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Record numbers, it's going to be great. Yeah, anyway. Yep. <laughs> On the trip, George accelerates too fast and loses Jerry and Elaine. Susan su- suggests to meet them at Donald's house. Meanwhile, Kramer decides to head to the cabin after his golf game gets cancelled, and he takes Naomi along with him as she changes her mind about going on the trip. They get there early, and Kramer leaves a lit cigar on the fireplace as they go for a swim in the lake, which falls and causes the cabin to catch fire. And that's a segue into the Cheever letters. Uh, At the house, uh, Susan and George enter and are greeted by Donald's parents and an obnoxious Donald who's off screen. He challenges George to a game of Trivial Pursuit, and in a famous sequence, loses his chance to win the game after the answer on the card is Moops. The correct answer is Moors, but George refuses to cave in <laughs> due to the typo. He's uh, He has a win-at-all-cost attitude, George. Yeah, he, just winning on a misprint, on a technicality. Yeah, that's it. And I love how Susan's, like, looking at the rules. Yeah. She's just, like, f- like, fl- like, you know, she's flustered. She's just, like, reading the rules. She's like, is this correct? I mean... <laughs> it's great. We talked about Susan, and I think she was our first ever What's the Deal With. She was, all the, all the way all back, back in, in episode, episode five. Yeah, all, the, all that way. Yeah. Last year, yeah. I mean, she's a very, like, morally astute person. you think she would have just made George give in. Yeah. But she's sort of, like, neutral in the whole situation. She's obviously helping George when uh, Donald's got his hands... Well, he's, like... Yeah. He's got his hands out. Hands but out, I, but... Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, she she doesn't really have a strong voice either way. No, not really. But I love when George stands up and looks at Donald in the face and goes, moops. Yeah. And then the scene cuts. I think between that scene and when they come back, I think Donald must grab put yeah. his hands around his neck, like literally as George is standing over him going, moops. Yeah. I can imagine the next part, Donald just grabs him, like, yeah. you know, that second. <laughs> But yeah, George refuses to cave in. Uh, Donald attacks George because of this, and after Susan tries to get him to let go of George, the bubble boy deflates with the ambulance coming to rescue him. And it's funny because a lot of people forget that it was actually Susan that caused it. You know, Susan kept whacking the bubble boy, Mm. you know, to try and... Like, I know he's trying to help stop George from getting choked to death, but, you know, it's actually Susan. Some people say George caused it, you know, by holding his arms, but... I think they were both at fault. Probably. George escalated the situation <laughs> and Susan just didn't think while she was trying to help George. So no, exactly. They were both responsible. Yeah. Yep. So Susan isn't always moral, you know, like you said. No, no, no. <laughs> but I don't think she did it intentionally. I think she just acted instinctively in a moment of panic. And, yeah, to help know, George It was out. an unfortunate, uh, uh, you know, eventuation. And hopefully Donald was all right. Yeah. We'll discuss that later on. We will. Meanwhile, Jerry and Elaine get lost and drive to a diner for some food and directions to the house. A waitress, played by Olan Jones, asks Jerry, pronounced as Gary Sanfield, <laughs> you play on the TV, uh, for a signed picture of him to put on the diner wall. Jerry asks for the photo back so he can write another message as he doesn't like what he wrote. <laughs> Nothing's finer than being in your diner. The waitress refuses, and it escalates to the point of her attacking Jerry. The local townspeople hear what happened to Donald, and they and Jerry and Elaine head to the house where the locals bay for George's blood. He's the guy that attacked the bubble boy. The group escapes to the cabin and reunite with Kramer and Naomi, only to find the cabin on fire. And I love how Jerry like does the motions of like lighting a cigar. Yeah. And Kramer's like, did you... I didn't notice that. And then Kramer's like, oh, my cigars. And he runs into the cabin to get them. And then I love how Jerry, he just looks exasperated. He just like puts his hands on his head and he's like, oh, Kramer, idiot. you've done it again. I know you have. Other secondaries in this episode uh, include Carol Mansell. She's credited as the Bubble Boy's mother. She doesn't actually have a, a first name. No, I went to SeinfeldScripts.com because uh, sometimes the names are in the script. Yeah. If you can't find them on Wikipedia or anywhere else online and there was nothing. No. So just had, mother. I think it just had mother. Mother, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And there were also the various patrons of the diner yep. as well. Yep. 
Yes. And the angry mob, I guess, technically. Indeed. Uh, a bit of trivia about the episode, Steve. What have you got? Uh, so, the episode, I think we mentioned this at the start, the moves misprint uh, in, the, in the game that uh, George and Donald play is actually based on a real misprint, uh, and that was found by staff writer Bill Masters. Uh, yeah, and obviously, um, I imagine he would have just mentioned it to Seinfeld, you know, whether he or Larry or Larry, yeah. and uh, you know, they decided to flesh it out into you know the main part of an awesome episode. And the Moops and Moors storyline is one of the most classic Seinfeld, yeah. you know, moments. I would say that this show. is a, a classic episode. You yeah, know, it even, is. Even people who aren't super fans of Seinfeld would know of this scene, of the or would have yeah. heard of the Bubble Boy. Oh, Moops and Moors for sure. Moops for sure. I've got one better. Speaking of Trivial Pursuit, in the 20th anniversary edition of the game, it features a card with the question: What series co-creator supplied the voice for <laughs> Seinfeld's Bubble Boy? Listen to this. According to the card, the answer is Larry David, but it's deliberately a misprint. Oh my god! It should god. say John Heyman. Wow. Who actually voiced uh, Donald. You've got to wonder if it's like a double, you know, sort of, I don't know, like a doubly awesome thing if it was intentionally a misprint. I know, it was an intentional misprint, yeah. Really? Yeah. Was it an intentional misprint? Well, I don't know. It just says it's a misprint. Or was it just a coincidental misprint? I don't know. I I, I thought it would be a tribute to the Moops and Moors. Okay. You know, because there's someone new and said, oh, John Heyman. Sorry, it's Larry David. Mm. John Heyman. Larry David. Say it. Say John Heaven. Larry <laughs> David. Ah. I could imagine that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's, uh, you know, caused a lot of ruckuses, <laughs> you know, over families playing Trivial Pursuit. Uh, another bit of trivia. So in 1999, late 1999, there was a computer virus named Bubble Boy. Uh, it was discovered uh, and apparently it was the first malware of it, or malware of its kind, or the first known malware. Yeah, yeah. Came out, what was it, 99, you said? November 10, 99, it was discovered. I don't know when it was coded or, yeah. or uh, released, but that's when it was uh, first publicly noticed. Um, and the reason it was the first of its kind, it was it was uh, the first malware that could actually uh, activate itself. Oh, via wow. Via that's an pretty, embedded yeah. visual basic script. I know nothing that's ahead of its time. Yeah. The 90s? Yep. Uh, and apparently it does that upon uh, when the recipient opens emails. Um, <clears throat> oh, sorry, the, the contents of the email as opposed to an attachment. So, yeah, a, a revolutionary bit of malware. There you go. Crazy. I don't know what relation it has to the Bubble Boy, but I don't know. Maybe the maybe the coder was just a fan. Yeah, I think it was a reference to the episode. Okay, from what I read, but yeah. I can't I can't figure out the relation. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely named after the episode. But what you know, why? Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. And did you know, Stephen, the roadside diner in this episode would eventually become the Reggie's? same set as Reggie's in yeah. later episodes? Yep. Yeah. That's in the Bizarro Jerry. Yeah, Bizarro Jerry, and also a couple other episodes yep, too. Yep, yep, yep. Crazy, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the final bit of trivia I have is that uh, according to George Shapiro, the show received a lot of negative letters from real life Bubble Boys and their families. Yes. Uh, because of the way uh, Donald. I guess acted in this episode mm-hmm. and because of the lack of sympathy yeah. uh, that was given to him by the writers and by the um by the show. Yeah. Um which I can understand. You know, he wasn't portrayed too well. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there wasn't much about him as a person, more just about his obnoxious personality. So, yeah, yeah I can understand why people would be a bit upset. Mm. And there was a film uh, released in 1976, a made-for-television drama starring John Travolta. Uh, it was called The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was funny, when I typed in the Bubble Boy into Google, this wasn't the first thing that came up. Yeah. You know, there was a bunch of other stuff. And then mm. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, the Moors, Stephen, you're probably wondering out there, who are the Moors? I don't know who they are. No. I know who the Moops are. Yeah. <laughs> who the fuck are the Moors? The Moops. They conquered America. Yeah. They conquered everything. Tell me more. <laughs> so the term Moors, it refers primarily to the Muslim inhabitants of the Maghrib, the Iberian Peninsula, Sicily, Sardinia, Corsica, and Malta during the Middle Ages. Uh, the Moors initially were the indigenous Maghrebin Berbers, and the name was later also applied to Arabs. Okay. There you go. There you go. And they conquered a lot of Southern Europe. Okay. The only thing that I really know about the Moors comes from Robert Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, yeah. That were at the start of the movie, you said. Yep. Yeah. You told uh, me. Who's, was the, it? who's the actor that plays... Kevin Cosmo, wasn't it? No, no. Um, from Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Tim Robbins. No, no. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, he plays the Moor. I can't remember. Uh, I think his name's Wazim. Hazim. Oh, yeah. I think he's Hazim. And there's a scene where he's talking to Duncan, who's uh, Robin Hood's like old family servant, but he's blind. Oh, isn't that isn't that a... Uh, wasn't that take the piss taken out of it in Men in Tights? Yeah. Like yeah. Dave Chappelle's Morgan Freeman's character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the sneeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. So he's a chew. A chew. Yeah, and the sneeze like, is the father. Yeah, he is. Played by I, Isaac Hayes. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah, like, yeah. I am a sneeze. Father of a chew. Bless you. Bless no, you. no, 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 no. A chew is my a son. A chew is my son. <laughs> he's in England, your <laughs> yeah. country. Because it took the piss out of that movie, didn't yeah, it? Men yeah. Because they came out roughly around the same time, didn't it? Maybe a year or two apart. I think Men in Tights came out in 93, 94. Yeah, yeah. And Prince of Thieves came out in like 91. Yeah. About three years. Two, three years. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I like. um. Uh, Duncan's piss take. What's his name? Uh, Blinken. Oh, you're yeah, Blinken. He's blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I love how he's reading a Playboy magazine, but, but it's, it's made out of stone. Yeah, it's in braille. <laughs> and he's like feeling like the breasts and stuff. No, no, the Playboy magazine. He's on the oh, loo. And oh, it's, yeah, it's, got it's in braille. braille. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's and when right. the house gets towed away, there's like a um, like a bust, like a like a stone statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. Like and he's woman. like grabbing, yeah, he goes, grabbing oh, the breasts. Oh no, Master Robin, you've lost your arms in battle, but you grew some nice boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin's like, I'm over here blinking, and he's like, Oh, okay. He's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's good. But um, good yeah, I just know him from uh, from that movie because because nah. Duncan's like, So where are you from? And you know, what's your religion? Christian, Jewish? And he goes, Moorish. <laughs> Is that where the term Moorish comes from? From food? Uh, this is very Moorish. I don't think so. <laughs> no, probably not. I'm not sure. I can't see the relation there. Uh, probably not. Yep. Anyway, should we talk about some secondaries? Before we do, yeah. I have a bit of trivia on the uh, the disease. Well. The disease that Donald has is part of a group of diseases. Oh, yeah, group of right. Diseases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're called SCID genetic disorders, uh, which stands for severe combined immunodeficiency. Uh, and they're characterized by the disturbed development of functional T cells and B cells caused by numerous gen- genetic mutations that result in heterogeneous. Uh, hetero, heterogeneous clinical presentations. So oh, there's a wow. bunch of doctors speak for you. Yeah, definitely. If you're a, a medic out there, let us know. Yeah. Do you know this? Stuff? Yep. Did I just fuck that up entirely? I just lifted that <laughs> straight from Wikipedia. Did you just ruin the medical? Did you just ruin yep. the medical industry? Yeah. Yeah. Don't take medical advice from me or Bidwabask. Yeah, please. Yep. We don't. Uh, we don't know anything about medical stuff. No. No. I'm just reading medical words. Yeah. Uh, and it evol- it invol- also involves defective antibody response. Oh wow. So basically, your immune system's cooked. Uh, That's why he has to be in the bubble. Yep. So consequently, uh, both of the B cells and T cells of the adaptive immune system are impaired due to a defect in one of of several possible genes. Uh, It is also known as bubble boy disease. Ah. Like really. There you go. Um, And uh, yeah, that's it. So... Uh, apparently, the life expectancy is pretty low. Oh, yeah. Um, I think after about 15, only about 10% of people survive into adulthood. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, 
you know, you can't live in a bubble forever. No, you, you know, can't. And eventually you've got to come out or, you know, some something, some sort of a pathogen or, or um, threat, you know, enters your little yeah, bubble world. And, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, sad. Very that's sad. It. Sad way of living. Yep. Apparently the most uh, common cause of death are, f- are fungal and viral infections. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So all it takes is one little critter to come in there and... And that's it. Fuck it all up. Oh, man, that's sad. Pretty rough. Oh, this is to the, all the bubble boys and girls out there. Yep. Hope you're listening. Yep. <laughs> I hope you've got a. Hope you've got a. Um. You know, uh, a, a, an iPhone or something that can play podcasts yeah. in your little bubble. Yep. Yep. Hopefully, it's sterilized. Yep. Uh. Yeah. But if you're if you're a bubble person, get in touch with us. Please, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Indeed. Well, tell your parents to get in touch with us. Yeah. Yeah. They can email your, them through your you. glass wall. I'd love to hear it. Or, yep. or or was it plastic? Plastic. 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 I think yeah. it's glass. <laughs> yeah, glass isn't really sterile, is no, it? No, not really. No. no. Anyway, anyway, let's talk about some secondary characters. Yes, yeah, so we'll talk about Naomi. We'll talk about Donald, a.k.a. the bubble boy. Uh, Mel and Donald's mother, who doesn't have a name. Uh, and I've got details or information about the waitress at the diner. Awesome. Why don't we start from the top with Donald himself? Donald, yes, a.k.a. the bubble boy. Donald no. Sanger. Donald Sanger, yes. Uh, voiced by producer and writer John Heyman, uh, he's known for his production work on The Chris Rock Show and Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, where he was nominated for a Writers Guild of America Award in 2018. Wow. For the latest season of Curb, yeah. Pretty Killing cool. It. And it. Um, he he also was in the finale uh, of Seinfeld. He played the part of a prison guard. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, first thing I wanted to ask you about Donald before we get into him as a person, how clearly, old do you think he is? I was going to say he clearly hit puberty pretty uh, pretty young, didn't he? He's got a pretty deep voice. He sounds like a forty year old guy from Brooklyn. He does. <laughs> does Who smokes a lot? <laughs> yeah, he's got a pretty raspy voice. He does. Hey, ma. Yeah. Why I do we get some food around here? I uh, I I, I said he was seventeen. I don't know. I just figured seventeen. Yeah, 16, I mean, surely 17. he's hit puberty. Yeah. So yeah, I'd probably say sixteen, seventeen. Yep. But yeah, he's definitely yeah, he's very very mature. Yeah. So he's one of those ten percent. Yeah, that survived. But he's just obnoxious. Yeah, he's <laughs> such is. a prick. He is. Such he's a little a bastard. It's such a conflicting thing because you feel so sorry for him as a person if he's living in that bubble. But he's such an asshole. It's I, like, how do I feel about this guy? I think it's also like a, a piss take on you know when people. Like, you know, some people have, like, terminal illnesses or whatever, you know, they're seen as, like, nice people. Yeah. You know, whereas not all of them can be nice. Like, some of them could be assholes. you know. Never thought of and that. And Donald's just, like, you know, just because you might have an illness doesn't mean you're a nice person. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, you know, you're meant to, like, you feel sorry for Donald. Yeah. But it's kind of like, as soon as he opens his mouth, you're just like, oh, you're not that nice. Yeah. You know, after what you're going through, you know, you think you'd be grateful with the life you have and stuff, but it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. Do you think he's uh, actually smart and he's a history buff or he's just played Trivial Pursuit so many times he's just memorised I think he's played that many times with his parents. And I think as well, um, I think he was recently diagnosed with okay. the condition. Yeah, I think he was probably, probably, oh, or maybe in the last few years, I reckon. Well, based on my uh, limited medical knowledge of it, which yeah. is reading the first three paragraphs of Wikipedia, most of the time kids are born with it. Oh, born with it's it, It's not okay. something you develop later in life. Maybe oh. I'm wrong. Oh, I don't know. Again, if you're a doctor or if you have read the fourth paragraph of Wikipedia, <laughs> get in touch with us. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in that case, maybe he's had it since he was a kid. But yeah. how, how can he's so obnoxious? I don't know. You well, know? I mean, it's a pretty... It's a pretty rough life. Very debilitating. It's isolated. Yeah. He wouldn't have much social skills other than his folks. He wouldn't have many friends. Yeah. I'm sure he would have, you know, family and maybe some I don't know, like if the if the if if um if the parents have friends, you know, maybe they have kids and they would visit. But he's such it, a dick though. He is. You know, such I can under, I can understand why he would be so 
you know, maladjusted and so aggressive. After what he's going through. Yeah, yeah not that it excuses his behaviour, but no. you can understand how someone in his situation would be so just fucked off with the world. Yeah, pretty much. That you would just take it out on anyone who, mm. you know, and I mean, the fact that he, you know, he basically sexual, well, he sexually harasses Susan, Susan right yeah. in front of everyone. Hey, how about you take your top how off? How about you take your top off? Just, Darn, it'll yeah. behave. You know, he obviously behave has yourself. no idea of what is socially acceptable. Yeah, of course. You know. Um, I did notice that he is a fan of 90s grunge. Oh, so yeah. In the background, you, you, you there's some posters. Room. Yeah. I reckon he's got long hair. I reckon he'd oh. look like a grungy kind of guy. Okay. I yeah. can see that. I could see he has like long hair, hypercolor t-shirts. Probably has some sterilized... Maybe like a Nirvana shirt or something. Probably has some sterilized flannel. Yeah, probably. You know, <laughs> flannelette shirts. Yeah, indeed. In his ha- bubble. What did you notice? Uh, he had an Ugly Kid Joe poster. Oh, yeah, cool. Everything about you. That song was probably written by him. Yeah, probably. He just hates everything about George. Yeah. And then he decided to do a cover of Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. And the cats in the cradle. That's when he stopped being an asshole and he developed a heart. Yeah, because so he didn't he spend much time with his father. <laughs> poor <laughs> Mel, you know, hauling you who six days a week. I love you who. <laughs> he also had a uh, Temple of the Dog poster. Ah, oh, sick. So Temple of the Dog had, I think, the same drummer as Pearl Jam. Yeah, wasn't it a super group? Wasn't it like Chris Cornell? Yeah. And then, was it Chris Cornell? Or, no, no, it wasn't Eddie someone Vedder. from Soundgarden. Maybe Eddie Vedder. It was, yeah, I think it was a super group. But I think they were a band before the individual bands got famous. Oh, right. I thought they yeah. were, but I thought they were like a super group. Maybe who, they were. I don't know. Temple of the Dog. There was a lot of uh, cross-pollination. Oh, the Chris Cornell. So okay. they, it was Chris Cornell. It was... Jeff Ammond mm-hmm. uh, from Mother Love Bone. Uh, Stone Gossard, also from Mother Love Bone. Stone Gossard's uh, also from Pearl Jam as well, I think. Okay. Uh, Mike Rick, Rick McCready, rather, on lead guitar, and Matt Cameron on drums. Okay. And Eddie Vedder appeared as a guest to provide uh, some lead and backing vocals. Okay. But it was Chris Cornell. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, so I think he likes his 90s alternative rock slash grunge. Yep. I think he's a bit fan. But yeah, no, I think he has long hair too. Yeah. I can, I can picture that. Well, this episode came out in what 1990 what did I say 1992 so yeah that was October so you know Nirvana's Nevermind came out in 91 but then it got bigger it got big oh, in 92 grunge. this was like peak grunge so yeah it makes sense that he's a grunge a yeah. grunge fan grunge and I reckon he's got like long hair yep. you know, he looks like a grunge rocker yep. you know yeah. Donald the grunge rocker Donald the grunger huh. yeah. didn't even think of that yeah. do you have anything else about Donald um I don't know. I mean, I just I just find him so obnoxious. Yeah. But he's funny at the same time. Yep. He's very strong as well. Like, considering... I mean, George is not a huge guy, but to physically choke a man out, mm. you know, through a bubble, like, I don't imagine he would be... I don't know. Like, this is just my imagination, but I don't imagine someone living in such an isolated environment would be physically strong. Unless he's got a gym in there. Because the bubble... Gym. They said the bubble covers half his room. Yeah. So he might have a lot of stuff in there. Maybe yeah, that's like, true. He lifts weights or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just to maybe just to kill time. Maybe you know. I can imagine he would. But he just. I was just surprised that he could just physically choke out George. And I mean, George is not a big burly guy, but he's stocky. You know, he's got a bit of power behind yeah, him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I imagine he would have some. Uh, you know, some some angry George strength. Yeah. But um, yeah, like Donald just chokes him out completely. Like yeah, he completely overpowers him. Yeah. You know, and he's at a distance as well, so he's sort of at a physical disadvantage. Yeah. But, yeah. And then somehow Susan hitting. You know, Donald's arms, bubble arms. Mm. You know, it just deflates. I don't understand it how it deflates. Like, does she bust a hole a in the, in the like in the in the tubes that his arms go in? Or it's something? probably just. It's probably all part of the joke. Yeah. You know, yeah. I reckon that's probably what happens. Because yeah. you see his arms, they, they they deflate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's like do, doesn't he have like his actual arms in there? Yeah. I thought they were like gloves. 
you know so he kind of used them to kind of hold stuff in the outside world yeah but he didn't put his actual physical hands on like on stuff well i think they're just he puts his hands in them and yeah that's what i mean bubble yeah you know like in the simpsons how homer like yeah when he he handles nuclear nuclear material and he's got those arms that's what i thought it was like and then they just deflate yeah i don't know she must bust a hole in them or something maybe they're just flimsy material maybe because i mean it decompresses the air rushes out of there yeah that's right yeah (laughs) i love how george waves to him he's just (laughs) like bye (laughs) you know he's kind of like surprised like oh what have we done (laughs) yeah I don't know. You little do, jerk. <laughs> do you think uh, he is a jerk too? Because, I mean, you know, everyone in the town loves him because they just rush over like an angry no, mob. But again, like I said, I think people love him because they feel sorry for his condition. Right. As a person, he's a dick. Yeah. And if he didn't have this condition, yeah, I reckon everyone would hate him. Yeah. Like, this Donald's an asshole. Yeah. But the fact he's got this condition, everyone feels mm. compelled to feel... That's why I think it's a good, like, piss take on that kind of thing. You know, like when people say, oh... This guy has a terminal, you know, illness, like I said. Yeah. But he might be an asshole. But he's got this condition, and we got to, you know, you got to obviously you feel sorry for them and do what you can. But at the end of the day, Donald's still an asshole, man. Mm. Like I bet you, if he didn't have this condition, no one want to know him. It's true. It's only because if he has this condition, people feel sorry for him. Mm. Yeah. And That's I don't true. think Donald's grateful. Donald, he's not grateful that the townspeople look after him and do shit for him. No. And he's just like, I don't care. He's just rebellious. 17 year old yep. you know listens to Temple and the Dog and Ugly Kid Joe and doesn't care yeah. everything about you he probably has like a everything guitar everything about moobs 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 moobs, moobs. <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey I got a drum kit let's uh, you want to record moobs ugly kid moobs ugly kid moobs yeah well I told you we're going to start Machu Picchu the the two the power duo the first song we write is ugly kid moobs yeah nice yeah, because we're going to do covers of songs from Everything SoundCloud, about moobs. Yeah, we yeah, are. It's sick. Eventually. Yeah, we got to uh, put on yes. SoundCloud. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about uh, Donald. Yeah, me too. That's yep. all I've got. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Mel, Donald's father. Yes, played by actor and writer Brian Doyle Murray, known for Caddyshack, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and Wayne's World, Wayne's World, Party Time. He has an excellent like man. 80s and up to mid-90s filmography. Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. Ghostbusters 2, Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. Yep. And his writing, uh, he was nominated for three years in a row between 1978 and 1980 for writing on Saturday Night Live. Yep, and he's yeah. the older brother of Bill Murray. <gasps> really? He is. <sighs> man, how did I miss that? Yeah. He oh, also acted on. Uh, he's also acted in Ellen and Two Broke Girls. Ah, oh, sick. There you go. Oh, that makes me love him even more. Yep. Because I love Mel. I love his character. He's good. You know, he's just a hardworking. Yep. You know, salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. You know, American guy. Grew up in the fifties. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, baby boomer. Well, probably not back then, but you know, he's just you know hardworking, blue collar yep. kind of guy, and he does everything for his family. You know, obviously, he's a very loving father. The diagnosis, the diagnosis of Donald, really struck, you know, a chord with him. Obviously, he changed his whole life, and he works hard six days a week. Yep, you know, to care for his, to provide for his son and Definitely. his and his wife. Yep, for sure. Uh, yeah, he drives a Yoo-Hoo truck. I didn't know what Yoo-Hoo was, but I apparently, love it's Yoo-Hoo. it's a it's a chocolate milk. Oh, that's okay. what it is. Yeah, I love you. I thought it was the type of truck. I thought it was the type of truck yeah. too. I was like, Jerry loves you. I went on to what? Google Image Search and I was like typing in YooHoo car, and it was cars sponsored by YooHoo, and I'm oh. like, what? And oh, then so YooHoo's a milk brand. Yeah, it is. Ah. It's like it's like a chocolate. Yeah, like drink. Big M or some shit. Well, it's not like flavored milk. It's more of like a. 
almost kind of like a quick or a Nesquik. Oh, so it's like chocolate. Or like Ovaltine, oh, I think. What's the deal with Ovaltine? Yeah. What's the deal with Yoho? It should be round who. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Banya? Where's the Punisher Banya when you need him? No, he's running around. Banya the Punisher. Banya the Punisher. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think even though he's a hard worker and he loves Donald, I think there is a very deep depression in him. You I can, think, you can yeah. Sense, you can sense he's a semi-broken man. Because obviously, yeah, because obviously having a child with that mm. condition like that, that would really take a lot out of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can, I can imagine he went through a lot of torment and, yeah. you know, but he's got the community by his side, obviously. He's got a loving community who looks after him and loves the bubble boy and yep. takes care. I'm sure they get provided a lot of free food and, you know, they yeah. get stuff provided to them by the townspeople to kind of help them out, you know? Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's probably very expensive to look after Donald, mm. you know, yep. maintaining his bubble and all that kind of stuff probably costs. Plus, you know, running electricity for the oxygen and stuff, you know, that would probably well, cost a lot. I did a bit of research into the, uh, I think he's like the most famous ever bubble, most famous ever bubble boy. I think the boy in the bubble is based on this kid's life. Yeah. And he was born in the late 60s and I think he died in the early 80s. I think he was 13 or 14 when he died. Yeah. And uh, his parents, uh, over his 13 or 14 years of life, spent $1.3 million just on his care. Yeah. Um, so know, which, cost, which, which, in, then, which in the 70s, yeah, you know, is probably... Like $10 million now. Oh, yeah. Million. I don't know what yeah. it would be for inflation. I'm sure you could look it up. But yeah, yeah a lot of money. More yeah. money than most people have. Exactly. And that probably sacrificed a lot. For sure. So I could imagine that, you know, Mel and his wife sacrifice a lot. Yeah. And I mean, so. being a delivery driver, you know, I mean, they don't tend to earn a lot of money. Mm. It's not like he's a, you know, white collar professional on six figures. Yeah. And I'm sure... Um, um, you know, Bubble Boy's mother, Mel's wife, would be working some sort of blue collar job as well. Yeah, so, probably. Yeah, I, I think week to week, month to month, they would be struggling to make ends week. Yeah, uh, make ends, ends meet. meet. Yeah, but um, very you know, hand to mouth. Yeah, but yeah. For, for 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 Donald, but for their son, yeah, for their obnoxious son, for their yeah. obnoxious prick son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I know. Uh, yeah, so I think I really like his character though. Yeah, he's just a very honest guy. Yeah, he's a very sweet man, and he's a curmudgeon old dude. Well, not quite a curmudgeon, but he's an he's old. He's just—he's a bit gruff. He's gruff, but he's not—he's not like you know. But um, he's got a lot of baggage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would—that would try anyone. Yeah, definitely. yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I really like him. Yeah, me too. I liked him a lot. Yep. Yeah, I can imagine him being a baseball fan. You know, like a good American working class sport. Yeah. Baseball. You know, you just yeah. go to a ball game. Yeah, he would. You know, you know, take time off. Rest, you know, having a break from looking after his son. Yeah, and I think I think uh, he would enjoy baseball, but he would get sad every time he went because he wanted to take Donald. To bring you Donald, know, like yeah. that that whole uh, you know father son baseball ceremony that seems to be such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he couldn't bring him there. I don't yeah. know. Maybe he could sterilize a whole baseball stadium. <laughs> Or maybe if it's like a local like yeah. minor league game or something, you know, or or it's like a local game in the town, maybe they'd do something for Donald. Well, that kid who uh, I talked about just before, the real life sort of bubble boy or the most famous bubble boy, apparently NASA developed a suit for him to walk around in the real oh, world. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, um, but he wasn't very comfortable in it. He didn't really like it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so he didn't use it a whole lot. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else about Mel? No, nothing else about Mel. Should we talk about the mother? Yeah. Uh, Donald's mother was played by... Well, she doesn't have a name, uh, like we mentioned. Should we just name her? It's weird calling her mother. Dolores. Dolores. <laughs> Mulva. Mulva. Oh, we can pick a hundred names. i got no idea. Uh, Donald's mother, I'll just call her mother, uh, was played by Carol. We'll call her Carol. She's why played by it? Carol Manzel. Okay, why don't we call her BB? BB? Bubble Boy. BB? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> Not quite. Um, Carol was known for getting on and justified. Yep. Yeah. And uh, she also appeared in Married with Children. Ah, <laughs> no pig. And unfortunately, Friends. Ah, oh, Friends. Don't yep. utter that 
show ever on this podcast. Well, I was giving it shit, so it's fine. Ah, cool. Yep. Well, She's, not every actor can make a good acting choice. That's true. As we can, as we uh, spoke about last week. That's true. Uh, I think she is... So Mel, like I said, seems broken, you know, or at least partially broken. I think it's safe to say that uh, Carol is utterly broken. Yeah, definitely. It's, when, d- it's taken a lot out of her. You yeah. can see it. I mean, she's shaking, visibly shaking, yeah. when um, Donald's yelling at her and, and Susan and George are in the lounge room. Oh, she's yeah. Just, you know, Donald she's, really has one up on her, doesn't she? Oh, he's, yeah. you know, she's. I think she's a very broken woman. Yeah. You know, she's, Plus, Donald's attitude doesn't help. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. His teenage rebellion yep. doesn't I, help her cause. Yeah, I think she's... Mm not only been worn down by the struggle of you know, the emotional and financial struggle of maintaining Donald's life so that he has some fucking life yeah but just yeah his terrible obnoxious attitude as well as just compounded that completely oh badly yeah yep definitely I could imagine this isn't more about this is about them as a couple but I could imagine you know again based on the low life expectancy of people with these diseases um, you know, I, I think it's safe to assume there's a good chance that Donald maybe didn't make it to adulthood, or if he did, maybe to young adulthood. Yeah. So assuming he passed away, um, I think that uh, Mel and Carol probably would have separated or divorced. Yeah. So I you think, think they were together for for Donald? Uh, I don't think they. I think they loved each other, but I think it they would have been so hollowed out. Oh yeah. For so many reasons. Yeah. That it would have just led to their divorce. Well, do you reckon Donald was an only child? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that would be like having five children, having oh, yeah. having one child like that. Yeah, you know, exactly. The amount of care and money and attention. So, yeah, I don't think... Even if they wanted to have another child, I don't think it would have been affordable no. or practical. Of course. Um, and plus, know. they're probably worried because it's probably genetic too. Yeah. Like, maybe the next child will be it's a true. boy or girl, you know what I mean? That's true. They don't want to have two. That's true. That'd be the worst. That'd yeah. be very psychologically oh, draining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll just drive that Yoohoo truck on out and never oh, come back. <laughs> probably drive it over a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, we're getting a bit dark on this Oh, we episode. are, aren't Let's we? lighten it up. Yeah. Let's talk about Naomi. <laughs> well, how about we have a little break and then we'll talk about Naomi. Now my fun. I'm actually sitting on a juicer. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> that makes me laugh. And uh, we'll talk about the waitress as well. <laughs> Jerry, it's George. Hey, hey, you all set for the weekend? This is going to be great. You're going to have a great time with Naomi. All right, you know, she's got that laugh. What did you say? It's like Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer. Anyway, I was thinking that we take two cars up to the cabin, and that way, you know, if one of us wanted to stay, you know. This thing has never worked right. You think I laugh like Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer? Well, first of all, Elmer Fudd is one of the most beloved, internationally known cartoon characters of all time. Stephen, we're talking about the Bubble Boy, Mr. Moots, Mr. Moore's man. We are. We are. Uh, we spoke about Donald, who is the Bubble Boy, and also his parents, Mel, and Donald's mother, who doesn't have a name in this episode. Let's talk about a couple more characters. Uh, we'll talk about Naomi. Um, so she's played by Jessica Lundy. Uh, she's known for making her film debut in 1988's Bright Lights, Big City. Uh, she's also appeared in the films, and I, uh, I love this film. Oh, well, actually, the second one isn't as good, but Caddyshack 2. Uh, Vampire's Kiss and Single White Female. Huh. Yes. She's also appeared in Northern Exposure. Oh, yeah. You love that show. Yep. I do. Yeah. And Dinosaurs, which was a great show oh, from the 90s. What, Remember the, what did she play? I don't One know. One of the dinosaurs. Uh, maybe she oh, voiced. She... I'm not sure. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And in 2015, she won a Daytime Emmy Award uh, for Outstanding Children's or Preschool Performer for the show The Inspectors. A lot of, uh, a lot of awards in this cast. Yeah, she played the character Amanda Wainwright. Never heard of the show, but it's apparently children or preschool performer, so it must be like a children's show. Probably um, why you haven't heard of it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> 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 
she kind of sounds like halfway between Peter Griffin and Fran Drescher. Oh, she does, doesn't she? Yeah, she's just got a really nasally New York. But isn't it laugh. funny how, like, unlike Fran Fine, she doesn't talk like that? Yeah. You know, Fran Fine's like, oh, no. Yeah, her laugh, her laugh sounds like a voice. Yeah. Whereas name is, there's more of a disparity, yeah. Yeah, I, like I her, her voice, that. she has like a normal voice. But yeah. But she's like, eh. Super nasally laugh. So Jerry meets her in the previous episode, The Watch. She's yep. a, uh, I think she's a waitress in that one. Yes. Pretty sure. Or maitre d' or something. Something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, so they meet and then she's got the, eh. Yep. And then Jerry's like, oh, God. Is that the one where... um. Jerry throws away the watch and, yeah. um, and Leo Uncle Leo it finds it in yeah. the bin. That's oh, yeah. right. That's cool. the one. Yeah. Um, so that that's the episode preceding this one. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't have... I don't want to... For me, I don't have too many notes on her because I'd rather save her for the watch because yep. I think she's more prominent. But I guess in this episode, we can talk about, you know, maybe her laugh. Perhaps she doesn't know she laughs like that or maybe... Yeah, see, I think... Because I... she's obviously really... Clearly, she's been... She probably knows about her laugh. See, I think this is the first time that she's ever heard anyone criticize her laugh. And really? I mean, she was, she oh, was yeah, really I think she was like bullied as a kid or something. No, no. Um, I think if you're bullied over something you can control, you would would have changed it. All <laughs> oh, right, into adulthood. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, sure. That's not to say that people weren't annoyed by it, but no one ever said anything. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, and not that she overreacted. I think she had a, a you know, oh, she had every right to, get to be this. upset. And, and why would be... Jerry play that in front of George? No. I mean, Jerry would play that in front of Naomi. That yeah. message. Well, Crazy. Jerry blames George, and George blames Jerry. Yeah, I know. Both, why would you just, play that message in front of her? You just don't insult someone for something they can't help. Yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's the ultimate point. What did you? What don't, did you say? Her laugh was. This is like Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer. <laughs> Elmer Fudd is one of the greatest <laughs> yeah. cartoon characters of all time. That's like the biggest backup I've ever seen. Like, beep, beep, <laughs> That's beep. the Yoohoo truck <laughs> yeah. backing up exactly. all that chocolate milk. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Into the cabin that's on fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing I had about her, well, just sort of finishing off my thought about her laugh, I think uh, that was the first time she ever heard such a direct insult towards her laugh. And that's why she was very upset, again, understandably. But... I think the reason she changes... Because I was thinking, why would she change her mind? Like, this new guy has insulted something that's very personal. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, yeah. Most people wouldn't forgive that. Most people would say, well, fuck you and not go back. Of course. And George says, before you mention that, George says that um, in the message that Jerry told her, told mm. him that's what the laugh was. Yep. That's how Jerry described it. It's not like George described it. No. It was like, no, oh, no. yeah, what did you say, Jerry? Oh, it's like Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer. Yeah. So she'd be even more more insulted. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, being talked about behind her back. Mm. But I think she went away, you know, she probably found comfort in her friends or, you know, she probably talked about it with her friends. Like, oh, why aren't you dating Jerry? Oh, he's an asshole. He laughed at my laugh. And I think maybe she would have thought about, maybe my laugh is a bit annoying. And I reckon a lot of her friends would have said to her, yeah, we've we've always wanted to say something, but we haven't been able to. Your laugh is pretty annoying. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that, maybe that made her realize, oh, wait, you know, again, she can't help it. I'm not saying she should feel bad for her laugh, but the fact that, I think Jerry is not alone in finding it annoying or, you know, off-putting. Made her sort of think about it differently and made her change her mind. True. Oh, maybe Jerry isn't being such an asshole. He's just one of many people who find my life annoying. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's yeah. the only reason I could think why she would change her mind. And it was a sudden realization. She's yeah. like, wow, okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. And I also think she likes. I mean, she she's really keen on watching Naked Gun. So I really I think, can laugh all the way yeah, through it. That's no. <laughs> I think Holocaust is on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check check the TV guide. I think Holocaust is on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, that's a dark turn. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. So I think uh, that's what attracted her. I wouldn't be surprised if she met Jerry at a comedy club. I think she likes comedy. I think she likes to laugh. 
No, didn't they meet at, oh, at a restaurant? She, oh, no, she was she was the maitre d' or yeah, waitress. Yeah, we were or something. just talking about this. Sorry, yeah, a hostess or something. Yeah, yeah, in the watch. True. Yeah, that, that's how they meet. Okay. Yeah. Forget I said that. And then and then she laughs like Elmer Fudd. That's yep. right. And then she laughs at Elmer Fudd, and then Jerry's like, oh, <laughs> you know. And that's basically at the end of the episode. I think they meet. That's true. No, yeah. fuck, I'm an idiot. Oh, oh, it's all right. Cool. All good. That's all I have about her. Yeah, uh, we me will too. talk about her when we end up getting to the watch at yeah, some point because she's more prominent in that episode. That's right. Uh, let's talk about the waitress. Yes, her name, and it took me ages to figure this out. It wasn't on Seinfeld scripts. Is either Lulu or Lucy? Oh, because okay. I you saw the tang. scene. Yeah. And I zoomed right in on the badge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't make it out. All I could see was L U, and I can't. I couldn't figure out whether it was L U again, like Lulu. Or Lucy. Oh, we'll say One Lucy. Of the two. Why don't we just say Lou? L- oh, Lou. Lou. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, she's credited as waitress in mm-hmm. the episode. Uh, she's played by composer, sound designer, writer, and actress Olan Jones. Uh, she's known for her work on The Truman Show, Community, and Edward Scissorhands. And for Edward Scissorhands, Stephen, she also contributed to the soundtrack for two tracks uh, on the, for the film. Uh, she played the organ uncredited. Very talented woman. Amazing. Wow. I saw her credits and I'm like, what? Yep. Wow. Stupid gifted people. I know, right? <laughs> Ivan and Stephen are podcasters. That's it. And there was this woman. Well, my, my partner calls these people slashies. Slashies. Because, you know, oh, it's like, like actor, actor slash, slash musician slash writer slash yep. producer. Yeah. Yeah, she calls them slashies. Yeah. So she's... Olan Jones is an ultimate slashy. Bloody slashies. I know. We're just like podcaster. You yeah. can just make up, you know, make up stuff. Part-time musicians. <laughs> well, not even... Well, for me, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess I have two slashies. Two slashies. One slash. You yep. only get one slash for two words. Yeah. There'll always be one more word than there are slashes. True. Don't don't slash hog. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's obviously a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, uh, Gary, Gary Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> you play on the TV. Yeah. I didn't really like her that much as a character. Yeah. I was a bit bored by yeah. her. I don't know. She was just too stereotypical, like a dumb sort of... Hick, you know, even though it's upstate New York and it's nowhere near the South of America, yeah, she kind of just reminded me of like some stereotypical hick. Unless you know, she like, comes from the South, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's there's a possibility, but yeah. I don't know. She just reminded me of too many like other stereotypes I've seen in films and right. TV shows where it's just like a simple-minded, yeah. sort of ignorant, you know, waitress hick. I don't know. Just I liked her. I liked okay. how you know how Jerry tried to persevere to get that. You know, get that picture, and that was the last one in his trunk. And she's like, "No, nah. yeah, no matter what." She said, "No, nah, I'm keeping it on there." I did like that about her, actually. The fact that she was so stubborn and she yeah. would not give it up. She would not give in, and then it escalated to the point where she actually choked Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> and then the chef's trying to grab Jerry, and then Elaine's trying to grab the chef. Mm, this chicken's really good. This chicken's really good. She'll have a broiled chicken and a cup of coffee. Yeah. Where's my water? It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> this isn't a park bench where you sit down. This is a business. <laughs> It's true, though. Like, you don't yeah. just go into a, a restaurant or a diner and say, oh, just a cup of water. Yeah. It's like, the only exception something. is you can go into Macca's and use their Wi-Fi. That's perfectly Yeah, acceptable. that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. And now, hopefully in the future, you use their Wi-Fi and get a muffin top. If you're in the US. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's why I said in the future. Hopefully, it's everywhere. Oh, even in Australia. Yeah. Yes. I'd hope so. I hope so, too. Yep. I wouldn't eat it. I'd just freeze it and keep it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Or buy it for me. Well, you can just buy your own. Oh. Well, I just thought if you happen to be walking past and there's one muffin top left and you'd be like, well, I'm vegan, I, I can't eat it. I can give it to my buddy. My but I want to freeze it and keep it for myself. In case they stop being sold, it'll be like a little limited edition. It's a bit of Seinfeld not, paraphernalia. Oh, you're going to keep it as like a food. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, just to tease you, just to say I've got one and you don't. 
Oh, okay. And then I'll just go back tomorrow and get coffee. Yeah. <laughs> what are we even talking about? I have no idea. Yep. Do you have anything else about Lulu? Ah, uh, Lulu. Oh, Lou. Lucy? Lou, um, Lou, Lou? No, no. Well, I, I think, you know, she's probably just trying to make ends meet. Yep. She probably, you know, I don't think she's from upstate New York. Okay. Maybe she's from, like, the country. Maybe Her accent is definitely not from upstate the South. New York. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I just, that's really all I can say, really. Okay. Yeah. Do you think she's a ally of the Bubble Boy? She helps him out? Well, they all know the Bubble Boy. Yeah. So. I mean, she knows who he is, but do you think she's part of the... um? You know, the, like a member of the community who helps him out, or she just knows who he is because no. he's the bubble boy. Oh, I'd probably say that everyone in the town helps him. Mm. You know, and True. she probably does her bit. Mm. Maybe they get the diner gives him like a free meal or something. You know, or True. they come over and bring him dinner. You know, if if Mel and, and Mother are you know too tired to cook, they probably bring some leftovers or make what something. The bubble for boy him. would eat. Would he be able to eat non sterilized food? I don't sure know. it would be like vacuum sealed, like space food. Oh, maybe. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, no. you're true because of the, uh, the outside pathogens and yeah. stuff. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be completely sterilized, every single thing. Oh. Wow. Jeez, what a yeah, let's, uh, yeah, let's move into happy territory. Yeah, let's do that, please. Yeah, um, yeah that's all I have on Waitress or yeah. Lulu. Lucy, what do you want to call it? Yeah. Lulu. Yeah. L. L. But the actress, Olan Jones, very talented. Very I was gifted. stunned. I looked at her credits. I'm like, oh, my God. She's too good. Fucking slashies. Great slashy. Indeed. Indeed. Let's uh, talk about, well, should we find out where the Bubble Boy sits in your top episodes of all time? Yep. Yeah. So, for me, number 14. Okay. So, uh, yeah, very good episode. Uh, not quite top 10, but a classic episode nonetheless, and one of the best for season four, Yep. in my opinion. Really enjoyed the episode. Uh, Moots and Moors, clearly, you know, you don't have to watch Seinfeld to know that episode or to know that, you know, part of the story, you know, Moops and Moors. Like, you hear Moops and you're like, yep, Seinfeld. Classic sure. scene. Classic scene and very famous sequence of yep. George being strangled by Donald. Yep. Uh, yeah, great episode. So number 14 for me. Okay. How about you? Uh, number nine. Oh, top 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yep. Lovely. What gets knocked out of your top 10? Uh, I don't have my top 10 on me, so, oh. but I'll put them in the show notes. Sure thing. Yep. All good. Cool. Uh, do any of the secondaries make it in your top 20? Yep. So Donald himself. Oh, what number? Because he's a young curmudgeon. He makes it into number 13. 13. Very again, nice. I don't have my character list with me, uh, but I will put them in the show notes. Nice. So two strong debuts Very for good. the Bubble Boy and uh, the episode The Bubble Boy. The eponymous Bubble Boy, too. Yeah. yeah Mel makes it into my top 20. Okay. Uh, he's number 19. Cool. Really liked his character. Very hardworking, like, you know, salt of the earth kind of guy. And I, re- I just really enjoyed uh, Brian's uh, portrayal of him. Yeah, and it was, no, it was good. Really yeah. solid. Yeah. Who gets uh, knocked down to number 20? Lloyd Braun. Oh. Yeah. He, oh, well, number 20 is Wendy's receptionist from The Kiss Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, out of the list now is Lloyd Braun. He's out of my top 20 now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was 20. Uh, he was 21. like he was like number nine or ten at one stage. Yeah, and he's dropped, 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 dropped. It'll keep happening. It'll keep happening. You know, as more characters are talked about, then uh, you know, it's just the way it is. That's it. So yeah. So so Mel sits in between, uh, like I said, Wendy's receptionist from the Kiss Hello, and number eighteen's Kevin. Cool. From the Bizarro Jerry and the Soulmate. Nice. Yeah. Ivan's top ten uh, characters and episodes will be in the show notes as well. Indeedy. Yes. Do you have any Seinfeldisms? One. Um, went to a cafe on Sunday with my partner and my cousin, who I haven't seen in ages. Uh, we went to a suburb called Hampton, and the name of the place is called The Hamptons Bakery. That's pretty good. I was in the pool. Pretty good. I'll send you the photo. Okay. I was in the pool. So well, I took a photo of the... Were well, yeah. all of the baked goods like really small and oh, shriveled? very small. Dehydrated? And then Janina's like, my partner goes, he drinks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these pies are really small. No, no, put them in water and they yeah. grow. <laughs> no, it should be that way around. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah should be that way around, yeah. Uh, no lobster on the menu, though. It's oh, very disappointing. Okay. You know, um, hmm. the Hamptons. Were the, um, were the staff topless? 
Uh, yeah, I think there was one called Jane. Jane. <laughs> but no, I don't think she was topless. Okay. No. But no, lobster. I was very disappointed. Yeah. It would have been perfect if there was like a lobster dish at the Hamptons. That would have been, been like amazing. All over, Seinfeld. It, all over it. You weren't yeah. too happy with that Seinfeld, isn't it? That's pretty uh, good. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It was, I mean, it was in the suburb called Hampton in, in Melbourne, and it was called the Hamptons Bakery. Yeah. The Hamptons. Not bad. Yeah, it's all right. Better than mine. So mine is literally, uh, I was. Was stretching all week, really <laughs> hey, stretching. I, I, like I told you the other day before, you know, we recorded any Seinfeldism, even if it's average, is better than no Seinfeldism at all. It's true. Yeah, I was out on Saturday night for a friend's birthday, and we were talking about a person that we know who is a very angry person. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Will, who my friend is, he just goes, "Yeah, he's like the soup Nazi. He just reacts out of nowhere." Oh man! And Will's not even a Seinfeld fan. So yeah, I was I was happy about that. Was he the, the same guy who talked about his was it his girlfriend and he said that he's like Jerry and she's he's like Kramer? He's been two Seinfeldisms before. And so. so so he's he's made two Seinfeldisms, he's, but he's a non Seinfeld fan. Yep, awesome. I mean, he knows the show, but he's not a, an avid fan. But he's, it's great how yeah. he's, he's inadvertently made two Seinfeldisms. Yeah, yeah. maybe he's doing it intentionally around me. Or maybe just to, maybe just to I don't know weirdly make me happy. Maybe uh, he. The first Seinfeldism involving him was, um, I think I mentioned it, he was talking about shaving his chest. Oh, And he had to keep shaving yeah. down. That's right, that's yeah. right. Like, I, I, in the, like the strong box. The strong box, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, and not the strong box. The, um, no, muffin tops. Muffin tops. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, no, strong box is when Jerry tries to dig up Fredo. That's true. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, Wrong one. <laughs> yeah. And We've done so many episodes, we get confused. Yeah, it's all uh, <laughs> it's all starting to blur into one. Yeah. Uh, you got Seinfeldia there? Uh, Seinfeldia, yeah, very short one today. Uh, so, Seinfeld trivia for today. Uh, Larry David was what's known as a comics comic, an acquired taste, which means I sucked, he often said. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine him saying that. Yeah. Very self-deprecating. Which I, I sucked. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah, indeed. So, uh, yeah, very uh, very basic trivia today. Awesome. Yes, excellent. That was another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Uh, my name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. You can find us online, bidwabass.com. You want to shoot us an email and see how we're doing or maybe request an episode or a secondary character you'd like us to talk about, bidwabasspodcast at gmail.com. And we are now on Patreon, so for a small fee every month you can support the show and uh, get some extra content, which is great. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W B-A-S-C and Stephen social media is uh, our handle is at Bidwabask and uh, we are available anywhere you get your podcasts so Apple Spotify yep. Stitcher now Google Podcasts Google Podcasts yeah see. just type in Seinfeld and we'll be there if you want to rate us and review us uh, that would be awesome it really helps us with visibility oh, and yeah. uh, just spreading the general word would be fantastic indeed as I said my name's Ivan Stephen next week we're going to do the follow up episode to the Bubble Boy our first back to back over two weeks, which we haven't done before. Nope. We're talking about the Cheever letters. So the after effects of the cabin burning down. We find out that Susan's father had a uh, an affair with her. Was it John Cheever? I think so, yeah. Yeah, he had, a, he had, a, he had an affair. Yep. Yes. We'll talk about that next week. That'll be interesting. Until then, we'll catch you later. Bye. Everything about noobs, 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 noobs. <laughs>